0: Welcome to the Cultured Idiots podcast, number four. And uh, we've got Christian Fenning here as a guest only for this episode. Uh, well, I mean, you might, might come back in the future.
1: Possibly. Possibly. I'd love to.
0: But yeah, we'll see.
1: We'll see. Okay.
0: We'll see. Yeah. Nice. All right. So follow-up question from last time was, what are your Myers-Briggs types? <laughs> we, uh, we needed time to research this. So we researched it and uh, we'll tell you our answers. Ethan, do you want to start?
2: Sure, yeah. So I'm actually pretty familiar with the Myers Briggs test. I think I take it probably two times a year for the last like four years just for fun. So I lean between, like, I go back and forth between an ENTP and an ENFP. And I'm like 57 to 64% extrovert. So ENTP is, I'm not super familiar with. So it's extroverted thinking. I'm not sure what the N or the, oh, and the P is perceiving. So okay. T and F, so thinking and feeling. So I think basically the older I've gotten and hopefully the more I've matured, I think I'm I've gotten more empathetic, which is why I'm a feeler sometimes too, and then, as far as like
0: <clears throat> other than
2: that i I don't know a lot without just verbatim reading through the whole thing,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean we probably could have guessed pretty guess that guess from what? you that I can't
2: remember much more no,
0: no, I mean that <laughs> that that's what your personality type is, oh gotcha, yeah, so yeah. Uh,
2: was there anything else you wanted me to elaborate on
0: um no, I mean, unless you have anything else. Is there anything else that about your personality that you want us to know?
2: <laughs> uh, I w- so that's I what say we already know. ENFP is a little more eccentric than the ENTp. Yeah. So I guess you guys can decide whether I'm an eccentric person or not. I'm a weird yeah. guy. That's basically it. Nice. <laughs> well,
0: I guess uh, I guess I'll go next. Um... <laughs> No, that was good, that was good. Uh, I am an ISTJ-A, dash so um, 76% introverted, 66% observant, 67% thinking, 60% judging, and 75% assertive. So that's the dash, the dash A. Uh, Basically, what it means, and I did read through the description, it's honestly kind of scary how real it is. Like, I've never really done a lot of personality tests, but... It's pretty true to like, to my personality. Um, so some of the descriptors were and practical, uh, creating and enforcing order, very responsible, honest and direct. Um, these were all the positives. I didn't really look at the uh, the negatives, obviously. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um, and then rel- reluctance to give up responsibility even when overburdened. I feel like that me uh, pretty well. I think I was talking about this like the last time is unlike the embodiment of the, the Thanos meme where he's like, Fine, I'll do it myself. Um I I guess that's kind of like a negative thing, but um But yeah, it was very interesting. I uh, glad that he did it. So
2: nice. Yeah. Robbie, what's yours? <laughs> um, I'm a conscientious
3: objector. No, I, oh I I didn't take the test. I'm I'm not a huge fan of personality tests. So I would love to hear what people guess about me. I think that's probably to be far more entertaining and maybe even more useful than uh what what the test might tell me, I mean, just telling people or asking people for what they think I am or what they notice in my behavior, probably be a lot more accurate than what I think about my behavior, what I've observed, because although I'm with me all the time, I don't pay
2: attention to what I do. <laughs> I'm sure that would fit one of the Myers-Briggs tests.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a personality test for that. <laughs> yeah, that was, that
2: was, I don't know. I I uh,
3: I can tell you about my personality for hours and hours. And I love to talk about myself. But specifically, I don't have any personality type. You?
1: Uh,
3: Yeah, I just took it. I, I've never... I think I've
1: done this once before, but I just didn't actually care. So I didn't remember what my last one was. Uh, I'm a turbulent mediator, which means I'm an INFP-T uh, diplomat. Uh, and like I'm mostly introverted. I'm like 74 percent introverted, um, which is not surprising. I usually I'm pretty quiet until you find, you know, some sort of a, I guess, conversation that I enjoy talking about. Then I can talk your ear out for a really long time. But mm. <laughs> otherwise, I'm usually pretty quiet. Mm. So Absolutely.
2: that fits. I mean, does, honestly, that does. does fit. I do remember the ENFP. Is the most introverted, extroverted personality type, whatever that means. So it's like whatever the personality, that's the one, like they, I guess me, I'm an extrovert, but I also really, really appreciate my alone time.
0: Yeah, you said that you were like, what, 60 or 70% extroverted? Like 57
2: to 65%. Yeah. So I could go like a whole week without talking to anyone. I wouldn't necessarily enjoy it, but like, I, I, I don't need like, People to necessarily give me energy though. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, I, do, I, love relate pe- with
0: I that. do love people though. You yeah. know. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Well, next we have some questions for some specific people. So these are based on our intro videos that we did. Oh, uh, last time we had some questions for Joey. So this time we got some questions for me and for Robbie. Um, you, go should be, should Look, be, I, you go first. I will go first. <laughs> Um, okay. So questions for me, uh, what's a project that I've worked on the most and that I'm proud of. So for this, um, I worked on a lot of projects, but one of them that came to mind was a project that I did, uh, when I was in college and I was an intern at uh, a great, uh, agency called chapter verse and it was downtown. And so I had to, you know, park in the parkade, um, and, you know, walk in, uh, I did it, I think like, most of the week uh, when I was going to school so I spent quite a bit of time there Uh, really awesome people really great opportunities but I did get to work on this project it was basically solely my project I mean I had a little bit of leadership a little bit of oversight but it was pretty much up to me like what I wanted to do with it and uh, yeah it just turned out like really awesome and uh, I'll show you guys a little bit of the work that I did because it's easiest to explain but basically it was for a luncheon um, that was at the uh, Performing Arts Center in downtown. Um, you know, pretty big, pretty big event. And so we had to do a lot of promotional materials. So we did like uh, a bunch of posters. Uh, we did um, some promotional stuff that they actually had at the event. So we had like some programs that had like a little snack bar in there. And that was one of their like event sponsors. So adorable. <laughs> and then we had like lunch bags. So the whole thing was like, Um, it's a luncheon, um, to, um, you know, talk about this charity and, you know, people make donations when they're there at the event. Um, it's kind of like impact. Um, and you know, they have videos that they show and they have speakers that come up and, um, you know, they have all of this like food that, uh, is branded. They give out like mugs that had, you know, stuff inside them, like pen, like, you know, just like different, um, promotion materials inside them, like goodies. And uh yeah, it was just an awesome event and I had a lot of fun uh making all of the the swag. And uh I think I think it went pretty well. I got to go to the event, which is awesome and see all of that work. Did uh, you
1: create a fidget spinner?
0: Uh no. Yeah. Um so that was one of our like um when we were presenting to the client, we had to make a uh deck, what they call a decks. So it's like a presentation. Uh, document that you make where you basically propose your ideas for the different pom- promotional materials. Mm-hmm. And so we had like, uh, you know, this was one of them. We had like some ideas for, um, things that we would actually happen at the events. So we had like an idea to have like the different colors in the logo associated with these like candles. And so we did like a mock-up of what that would look like. And then we actually had those at the event. Um, so, you know, some different stuff like that, just to kind of show like, this is what our idea is. Um, we had like some ideas for activities that people could do at the event, um, and it was cool. Yeah, just like being there and seeing all of that that work, you know, projected and yeah. uh, and kind of along with this, you know, they had some videos that uh, the agency that I was entering at produced, and so um, I got to go on those video shoots and kind of see like what their process was, and you know, all their like super fancy camera gear, and uh, you know, it was like super professional. And one of those videos. Oh yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah. (laughs) So like one of the videos uh, was one of it where they basically went around and uh, interviewed, uh, you know, doctors at Sacred Heart and um, some of the victims of like the Freeman shooting. And so uh, you know the family, the Jensen family. uh, And so I got to go and meet uh, Gracie and her family, and uh, you know hear their story. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was really awesome, but. Um, yeah, it was weird. I'm like just like sitting behind the camera, like, yes, this is all very cool. All this (laughs) equipment is very fancy and expensive. Mm -hmm. And uh, on some of them, like they had the like electronic, uh, like sync clappers, the one that have like little like time code on there and everything. And so they're like, do you want to do this part of it? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, yeah, it was just a, a really great experience and I had a lot of fun and, uh, probably my favorite project. That's awesome. Two days. Cool. I don't know. Maybe it'll be something cool in the future. Where I'll be like, yeah, yeah this is definitely the best. But the for best now, is yes. Uh, <coughs> another question: So, what happens if I don't listen to eight hours of music each day?
2: Do you actually listen to eight hours of music?
0: Um, I try to. Like, uh, there are certain days where, like, if I'm in a lot of meetings and I like, I don't, I just don't have the ability to. Then obviously, like, it's fine. But I do value listening to music. Mm-hmm. It's how I motivate myself to, like, get work done. Um, so I would say, like, if I don't listen to music, I just, I'm not as focused and kind of scatterbrained and just, like, not as productive.
1: Mm.
0: Um, but, yeah, I do I do listen to quite a bit of music. Um, I enjoy the, like, Spotify-wrapped things where they, like, give you oh, your, oh, your yeah. stats. And I know that we talked about this the yeah, other day. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I was somewhere, I think I had slightly more time listening to music than i did last year um and it wasn't like it wasn't like a ton uh i think it was it was like ninety thousand minutes or something like that uh which is a lot but i feel like when i'm listening to music i i don't just like have it playing in the background i'm like actively like i'm trying to find music and i'm appreciating like i'm actually actively listening to music
2: um can you listen to music while you study yes you can. Okay. Cuz um, music helps me like it motivates me too. Yeah. But w- when I'm studying or have to like read something, it's so distracting. Right? I can I can only listen to like uh I go on YouTube and I type in music to help me study and it's literally just like sound waves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I can't listen to like lyrics yeah. cuz then my I mm. just get super
3: yeah, I noticed that too. I think there are very few pieces of music which I could study too. It's weird. It's it's so strange how some people they they can listen to heavy metal while studying, or they they can listen to really 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 loud music while studying. But for me, if it's louder than soft piano, my brain is just constantly looking to that.
2: I can't listen to folk music though.
3: Nice.
1: It just can't be super upbeat. Yeah. No. when Pretty. i do my studying i usually listen to like classical music okay, like my the there's ma- there's yeah there's the there. majority of my school playlist is actually movie soundtracks yeah i love listening to movie sound- so, <laughs> just like they have some really good movie soundtracks yeah. out there that you know they don't have lyrics but mm. you can just like yeah get enthralled in like the epicness mm. of the scene like you mm. remember like Lord of the Rings, yeah. oh, I love listening to that, like, battle scenes, and you're just, like, in there, and, I'm like, I'm so motivated to read all this book yeah. that's, you know, Every about time. communication, and...
3: Every like, time the Battle of Pelennor Fields comes on, there, with guys. the Charge of the Rohirrim, yes. I can hear the cries, like, I can hear it, and I get so, like, I get teary-eyed sometimes, and it's like, it's I'm so, so moved. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, man, eight, eight hours of music, though, that's a lot. I listen yeah. to a lot of well, at work, I listen to a lot of, um, like, sermons, but then also audiobooks. I listen to music, too. But eight hours of music, my brain would be fried after that. I don't think I, I can do that. It varies from day
0: to day. So, you know, it might be a lot of, like, classical music. Mm-hmm. It might be, if I'm in, like, a really aggressive mood, it might be, you know, some more hard-hitting stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, it might be, like, you know, Part some, like, cyberpunk. <laughs> like... Yeah. Um you know some like beats if i like need to get some stuff done uh but yeah uh another really interesting thing that i saw the other day was they suggested like having a playlist specifically for uh you know like if you're studying like having a playlist specifically for that and like you only listen to that specific music when you're studying and so when you it's kind of like your brain recognizes oh like this music is going to be associated with studying so then
3: when you listen to that music, it's easier to like get into the flow of studying. That's so interesting. That's, that's what I, my brain actually, it's weird. I don't use it for studying, but for a long time, I discovered this album of lo-fi and it was on my rat for sure for Spotify, but uh, this album of lo-fi and every single time I got back from work, I listened to this album from the beginning and it just helped me associate winding down from work with that album. And so eventually it became uh, like, it helped me wind down.
2: You know in the office, the Altoid, <clears throat> yeah what's that study called I, I love stock. yeah I <laughs> yeah it's brilliant yes. no but every time I I, like the the sound waves mm-hmm. it always like it's just like subconsciously it's like oh yeah I have to get in the like studying zone
3: it's, uh, it's just the association eventually becomes causation, <clears throat> exactly. where eventually like, if you associate this behavior with this stimuli, then eventually that stimuli will cause this behavior.
2: Because <laughs> if I don't listen to that and it's like something important that I have to like, really study for, I literally almost, I don't get like a panic attack, but it's like, oh, I need, oh, crap, where are my headphones? Like, I yeah. This? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay.
3: We could talk for mute, about music. Oh, for we time. could. Yes. We totally could. It's <laughs> advice yeah.
2: to your younger self
3: so
0: yeah this is a hard question um i feel like i've learned a lot of things but when i think about like things that i've learned it's not necessarily like really apparent they're more like life skills i would say a piece of advice i would say don't be so serious why so serious don't be so serious um why so serious (laughs) just like yeah just just you know have fun with Like the things that you're doing, don't be so focused on like, you know, I have to do this. I have Mm -hmm. to get this thing done like right now, or I have to do this because if I don't do this, you know, like just being really caught up with work and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you get to the point sometimes where it's like, that's all that you're doing. And it's just kind of like, you're just like grinding. So I would say, yeah, just like, Mm -hmm. you know, take, take, I wouldn't say like more, like take more time off, but just like take more time. Not just like going 100 miles an hour and, um, yeah, take some time to smell the roses, I guess.
1: Mm,
2: smell the
3: roses. Yeah, what to appreciate mean? where you are, to, yeah, yeah. To, to really appreciate like how awesome it is. The process, not just the goal, but like the yeah, process yeah. is actually really a blessing, too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess mine is kind of the same thing. Um, I'm very, it's, it might be hard to see because of my ADD. <laughs> but I'm very type A with certain things. And uh, I think this is something that I've just really learned probably within the last like 24 months is just like embracing like where we are now, where I am I now? Mm. So it'd always be like, oh, I need to check the boxes. And it's like, I have this career goal and this career goal. And it's like, I'm, I, was, I used to be a very impatient person. Mm. And uh, my, my boss uh, slash mentor was like, Ethan, you just need to like enjoy the ride. Like literally he gave me like a sticky note and he gave me, he bought me a book and gave me a sticky note for like just random, like three months ago and he wrote down, like enjoy the ride. Like life is a journey, enjoy the ride. <laughs> so I just like put that in the book and I think it's in my Bible now. Every time I open up, it's like, just enjoy the process. Like enjoy, enjoy your life. It may be uh, the only hippie mantra that I can actually <laughs> get behind. And then I was life watching, is a journey, dude. I was watching a sermon by uh, Francis Chan mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he was, he was on vacation. And he was sitting out on the ocean, just like having like silence and solitude and just praying and reading the Bible. Hmm. And he was just looking at it. He was like, I was looking at it like the vastness of the ocean. And I was just like, God, what's my calling? Hmm. Like, what's my purpose here? Like, What do you want me to do? And then he just started laughing. And he's like, I don't know what I'm going to have for dinner tomorrow night. Why do you really think God wants us, like expects us or wants us to know what we're going to do for like the remaining time we have on earth? He's like, I don't even know what I'm gonna have for, like lunch today. Why do Why do I need to know what I'm gonna do for the like for like my life other than live for the kingdom of God? Yeah. And then it's just kind of in that process of really like being content in the season and just like enjoying what we have now.
0: Yeah, and I think people, uh, and th- this includes me too, but like people just spend way too much time and effort and like mental stress trying to figure out like what to do with their life. Hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that like you shouldn't think about those things but it shouldn't be like something that you know is like keeping you up at night and that you're just like yeah you're just like super stressed about all the time like what am I going to do for a career what am I going to do for this what, you know like just you know just like go with the flow and yeah. um, just yeah enjoy where you are because it's not going to last forever and yeah. you're going to look back on those times and you'll be like wow those are actually pretty good times yeah, yeah
3: and I think that kind of ties in with that I mean it's not new to It's not new to this culture, and it's not new to now in time. But for a long time, for as long as humans have been around, there's been this idea that gain is godliness. That you can uh, that that having a good life in in checking boxes and reaching career goals that is somehow meritorious. Um, And whereas it is a good thing, like it's a nice thing to have those goals reached, and I think we should all be living our life to the best as we can, like trying to make goals and reach them. Uh we shouldn't ever be discontented because of that. And I think it's yeah. a really easy thing to be discontented because we're not where we want to be. Yeah. 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 How about you, Christian? Got any, got any thoughts on the matter?
2: You're, you are sound like a very wise man.
3: <laughs> no, no, that is not accurate. <laughs>
2: but actually, that's what a wise man would say. Yeah.
3: <laughs> very
1: humble. Oh, keep on proving yeah. our theory. Just keep talking. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I just think we... Yeah, I mean, I've always been someone who's kind of just go go with the flow. I, I've never been someone who's super organized. You can ask every single person who knows me, even the slightest bit. I am not an organized person. I'm always go with the flow, and so I. But I think there there is a value in even going with the flow to not be so caught up in whatever you're doing that you kind of com- completely miss the moment itself. Mm-hmm. Um. There's moments, you know, not to quote the office again, but where he talks Lord about, Lord. uh, I, you know, I wish you knew you were in the good old days before you left oh them. Didn't oh, we? We talked about that last oh. time.
2: Oh, yes, great minds think alike. There you go. And
1: so do I. <laughs> uh, um,
3: that's true. We're not great minds. <laughs> yeah. Perfect replacement for Joey.
2: <laughs> but it's just
1: like one of those times where it's like. You know, you you're in the moment, and then you you get past it, and you're just man, like, man, I wish I had paid attention more during that mm, yeah. moment. Like I wish, you know, there's those those moments where like that was that was awesome. You know, seeing like my brother's now moved out in in college. He he lives ten minutes from my house but I never see him anymore. And like, there's moments where I'm like, man, I really wish wish he was here. If he watches this, I will not admit this <laughs> to his face. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like moments like that to where, man, I wish I just would have taken the opportunity to live in that moment just a little bit longer to um, experience it before life and God kind of has moved us on and, and brought us into this new time. It's like, you know, the same thing with kind of just, growing old and getting getting older of like man i just wish those saturday saturday mornings where you could just get up and go and sit on the couch mm, and watch yeah. cartoons i was awesome I to
3: live childhood again but to have the values and knowledge now to appreciate exactly. it exactly uh yeah. actually charles dickens i don't know if i've already quoted this i feel like i'm having a deja vu <coughs> moment charles dickens said something about that in the christmas girl he said uh, i wish i could have all the license of a child but be man enough to know its value yeah. like to have to have that ability of a child and to be able to have those experiences but to to know how precious it is, yeah, that'd be truly a blessing.
2: blessing. I actually really appreciate that. That's in the <clears throat> last, I think, probably ten months, I've really tried to embrace my childlike self, mm. which is like I like can I, tell. I it's just really, <laughs> and it's great. It's like I, I feel like I'm like certain aspects of me, I'm like like forty, like a forty year old man, and then other aspects, I'm like a ten year old. Mm. With <laughs> but uh, which I guess then adds up to about how old I am now. Oh, wait, no, it doesn't. I'm not very really <laughs> What? So if you take the. If you take
3: yeah, the you're, media, you're totally. Yeah, you're like uh, 50 years old. I think he <laughs> looks 50. Yeah, I look 50. Oh my yeah. gosh.
2: That that defies every type of like Asian stereotype. Normally I'll look young until I'm 50, and then once I hit 50, then you look like you're like 70. Really? Yeah. yeah, I guess, isn't it like Asians? Like they look really young, and then all of the a sudden it's like boom.
0: So, you know, oh, I'm, you I'm not like racist. This. You know, Ming, yeah. Ming, Ming Na Wen on uh, Mandalorian? She was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. She's like fifty-seven.
1: Huh. Yeah, I'm like that's she, crazy. She was the one Mulan, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In the in the, in the good the,
0: original, the good the, the good one. Okay, good. the good Mulan. Mulan.
2: Good, good. good, I haven't seen the new one. I'm not super interested. The good one. The good one. All <laughs> yes. right. I, I I do I uh I really appreciate my ability to still be a child though at heart. Hmm. Like, I go to the extent of sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and I'll listen to VeggieTale soundtrack. That is you just know, a good habit to that's have. That's just normal nostalgia. No. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: Honestly, <laughs> one of my favorite hymns of all time is that song from Madam Blueberry, the Thank you God for this day. I mean, that yeah, yeah. I love that one. It's yeah, great. Yeah. You know what I
0: love to listen to? the um, The PlayStation 2 startup sound.
2: <laughs>
0: really? Yes. Yeah because like i had a, i had a ps2 like back in the day yeah and like I played it all the time and like I loved it uh Nikki j he actually has a really funny video on like the playstation startup sounds mm. and he equated like the PlayStation one to being like a look at the future and then the PlayStation 2 is like dark towers and we're like descending into darkness and either you get like the the nice like zen glowing lights or you get like the the red darkness so like you have to format your playstation two because like it got corrupted
1: <laughs> well yeah i think there is a value though of like being willing to reflect on your your childlikeness, because even jesus commends the children you know when the disciples the, the children are trying to gather in jesus and disciples are kind of chewing them off and he's like don't just leave them be like their, their child, their, their children, they're, they're loving and they're, they're innocent. They're yeah. in this state of like,
3: he who does child. not come to the kingdom. As a
1: exactly. Child. Yeah, 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 exactly.
2: Yeah. That's a really
3: good yeah. point. But then also compare that to what Paul says about when I was a child, I understood as a child, I thought yeah. as a child. Yes. So, I mean, obviously we're not commanded to be a child in every respect, although Ooh. I would say in innocence and in, uh, well, in just, And how genuine a child is being that genuine in everything they do and being so, so uh, completely taken up in what they're doing at the time they don't actually (laughs) I have never seen a child who's distracted by multiple things like every child below the age of seven is just completely, sure will, yeah. they're completely yeah. invested in what they're doing.
1: Come on, no no normal, like, decent adult conversation is going to ask you what's your third favorite dinosaur. But I want to talk about my third favorite dinosaur. Am yeah. I the only
3: one?
2: I, my third
3: <laughs> one? I don't actually have a list.
2: <laughs> you know, I feel out of loops. But, no, it, it, uh, you know, we're supposed to have childlike faith. And I, I'm, I guess I am somewhat of a nostalgic person. So I look back at like you know when I was a kid and my faith and it's like I loved Jesus, you know I, I I you know wholeheartedly passionately loved Jesus when I was five years old, the same way that I loved when my parents said I could have dessert after I ate my vegetables like at <laughs> like dinner. It's like there's no care in the world. You don't really have doubt. Yeah. it's just like yeah. you just it's just complete. Just like
3: I still love Jesus. Like I love my faith.
2: Childlike faith without ever. It's not like when you're five years old. It's like, huh. Do you think evolution's real? Or do you think, yeah. like, uh, did Jesus really live a completely... Per- like, you didn't have to go through theology. It's just like, yeah. I love Jesus and mm-hmm.
3: I love ice cream. So-, so in a lot of respects, <laughs> the relationship with God as a child is far deeper than the relationship with God as an adult. Because, like you say, there's, there's little temptation as a child to be caught up in what is the Trinity really like? Or you can't be caught up in predestination versus song. free choice. Yeah. You can't be caught up in these very... Strictly theological most discussions I feel like IQ is like way
0: ahead of your age, yeah. but yeah. for most of us, uh, no. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I would go deeper so much no. with. I think it's. I think you could go along the lines of more complete because as a child, you're like anything that comes with Jesus, I love it. You know, I think more relational more, at least. Yeah, less yeah. contractual. And then, and then I love Bible man. Oh, oh, my, oh my gosh, that's an old <laughs> but like as you get older i think there is a, an ability to have a more realization of what you're loving with christ once you delve into that theology of like yeah oh this is this is this part of christ is so awesome that yeah. maybe you didn't understand as a child but because you had that maybe beginning instance of like i love jesus and everything that comes with him you that can continue. Yeah, perhaps, that.
3: perhaps as a child you may love God more fully, but as an adult you understand His love more fully. Because as a child, I didn't really understand my own depravity until I became a
2: man. I, I guess I, I I wouldn't say love God more fully when I was a child versus now. I think maybe maybe this is too cut and dry, but I think maybe it's just part of like the sanctification process. It's like you you know we're we're all children, and then the older you you know you get and the more we can you know comprehend and conceptualize you know Jesus in the Bible it's kind of like a process you still have you still have to hold on to this the older we get and the, the quote unquote wiser we get we still have to remember here so it's like you you grow and you 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 have more understanding of things but then you still have to remember this aspect of
3: it yeah yeah
0: Alright, Robbie, I've got some questions for you.
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, ready.
0: I'm ready. You ready? Mm-hmm. Should we colonize oh, other goodness. planets? If, if, that, that's saying if we have the means to, should we? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So
1: well, C.S. Lewis talked a lot about this, yeah. so you should you should have some fairly I, well-developed yeah. opinions.
3: I yes, I'm very flattered that whoever asked this question thought I was an authority on the matter. Um I kind of wish I could go to the Joey's questions of you know walks on the beach beach. oh Oh, simple stuff no (laughs) whose
2: dog is that
3: no (laughs) um but no i actually did i actually wrote down some of my thoughts i i should we i mean i would probably say no Uh, as far as i can see there are really only two reasons for doing so and one is to explore space uh space for its own sake like to to really just just like you know you Mm -hmm. probe the depths of the ocean for its own sake there's not a whole lot of money in discovering marine life down there but Uh, You do it for its own sake and as a Christian it would be to discover uh, the mysteries of creation, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing And it's very noble and rather poetic
0: But there are some weird creepy things down there though.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a different discussion Um, But when it comes to space most Mm -hmm. often um Yeah, it's most often it's really just like the reasoning used by Elon Musk. It's just for the preservation of humankind or just the perpetuation of us, because those people who have a little bit more foresight recognize that even if they don't believe in climate theory, uh, they recognize that everything has a, you know, a clock on it, an internal clock and this universe will run down, but planets will run down much more quickly. Mm. So... uh, like, as as a means to preserve, preserve our species, I actually don't think that that's a good one. I, I mean, it's a very emotive reason. Like, people really want to preserve their own species uh, and preserve progeny, but there's very little philosophical backing to it. Because if um, preserving your own species for the sake of preserving your own is just not Right. Like, to, to, to explore space, you're just sharing the human virus with the rest of space. I don't see how that's necessarily an improvement. I don't know. It, was,
2: aliens a disservice by preserving our COVID.
3: Actually, that would be a different question. Like, <laughs> if if there were other aliens, I would be even more emphatic about saying no. But, I mean,
0: People in this, in this universe,
3: be, no. People no. can't manage this planet very well. Like, we can't um, agree on how to do this planet. So, yeah. Why do we think that it'll be honky dory when we go to others? I think, yeah. Even if Mm. we were able to, I just don't think it would go well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really just the the idea that we should go to other planets stems from the belief that humanity is something worth sharing. Like just being human is somehow a virtue. Well,
2: it's Mm. a good thing this is just a hypothetical.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know. Elon Musk. (laughs) Elon (laughs) Musk, they're working on it.
2: Yeah. That's true.
3: I'm very flattered. I'm very flattered that you guys would ask me that, but I don't know why. Because I think out of the, the four of us, I actually have the least amount of scientific understanding. You ready for the next question? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The next I actually, I am, I, I know almost exactly when I would so want to be
2: born. You're
3: you're born yeah, so I, I would want to live at the turn of century England. Um, I would want to be born around 1895 to 1905. That way I could go through both world wars. Expression. I think it would be a severe honor to, be, to go through both world wars and to... Uh, to experience that. But then also people just lived so much more fully back then. They, they actually were connected to reality and yet they still had a great deal of the advancements which make life both comfortable and convenient. But aesthetically too, I'm just a huge fan of turn of the century England. I, I really enjoy... Um, I really enjoy both the style, the lifestyle, and uh, the behavior. I I think that's probably where I fit in most. Uh, Somebody told me that I actually belong in a more uh, romantic period, like, you know, Napoleonic times. But I don't know. Very interesting. Nice. I definitely feel like a man out of his time, most of the time. Nice. I think that's all the questions that we have for you. Oh, sweet. Nice. Um,
0: we do have some questions. Oh, wait. No,
3: there's one question that was asked about what I think of your. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually really, really hate it because it's so good. Like, it's, 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 perfect. it's <laughs> perfect. That's why I can't
2: stand the caricature of uh, Yeah,
3: it's your face. Yeah. Well, um, your face. It's, it's not your fault. I, I forgive you. you. Look but, at it, Robbie. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you look beautiful just the way you are.
3: Thanks. Thanks. Yes, you do. Man, I wish that was a song.
2: It is. Oh, wait. (laughs) Bruno Mars, right? Yeah.
3: 2009,
2: 10. That's my my face.
0: Yes, it is. You ready, Ethan? Yeah. Okay, so where did you grow up? Any favorite childhood places?
2: Uh, Where did I grow up? So I am a Korean immigrant from South Korea who is just trying to live the American dream. So I I was born in... Incheon, South Korea. and I was adopted when I was six months old. Lived on, I guess, North Spokane, which is n- n- more in town from here. Mm-hmm. We're, in, we're in Colbert, Washington, for all of you people outside of... Like, spoke, All of our fans from outside of Washington State. Uh, so I grew up on Indian Trail, five-mile area. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as favorite childhood places, um, I would say my parents... Cabin on the Ponderay River. Hmm. We'd go up there all the time over the summer. And uh, it's like a wood cabin. Super, you know, old school. We'd go in the river. We'd fish, you know, just hang out. Uh, I would say that's probably one of my favorite childhood places. Uh, I also really liked going to the carousel. Mm. With my dad and brothers, when my mom needed a break <clears throat> from us, boys, <laughs> including my dad I'm so we're going to share ourselves it's like sweet, and then we'd always try oh, to nice. throw like the coins into that like, scary oh yeah, <laughs> thing. oh yeah, yeah, classic nice. classic Ethan's childhood
0: <laughs> nice so what are your favorite philosophical topics? I think they mentioned uh Kantian. Kantian yeah, ethics.
2: Yeah, so this question is actually more of an inside <laughs> question slash joke from uh, Buddy Moen. So <laughs>
0: calling him um, out, <laughs>
2: calling him out. So the reason he asked this is because I know absolutely nothing about philosophy. I'm like, I'm an abstract thinker, but then can't go any. It's like I have a lot of ideas on like super philosophical topics, but mm. I just don't really care. You saying you just can't. To, I can't go any further than that. Like I just don't want to. It's not willing. Just want to. All right. Unless it's like, like more like religion or theology than yeah. I than I can. Practical philosophy. So basically, he asked this because I actually have my minor in philosophy from the Eastern Washington University. <laughs> nice. Uh, Did you this know, say
3: something about Eastern Washington University, or just philosophy in general, or
2: maybe philosophy. just Ethan? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I got my minor in philosophy, and I had no idea what I was doing. I actually had to use. Uh, buddy helped me write just copious amounts of papers. And my neighbor, she, uh, super smart. All of her siblings are pre-med or are already in medicine. Like Nine girls, ten, one boy. And they're all, they all went to Whitworth or are going to Whitworth. And they're all going into medicine, like becoming like doctors. Or I think the guy's a civil engineer. The one boy is a civil engineer. But they literally like both helped me study for like a sfcc level 200 class (laughs) that i was failing nice and then the reason i majored in philosophy is because while i was looking at my credits the one that required the least amount of credits out of all the like 25 minors was philosophy Hmm. and i'm like you know my time is money Hmm. my time is money and i just i don't want to take another class so i minored in (laughs) philosophy and i I had no idea what I was doing. I, I can't tell you who Kant was. I I can't tell you who Socrates. I I don't know Socrates versus uh,
0: Aristotle.
2: Aristotle. Aristotle. I I literally can't. I can't give you any type. <laughs> Just of, the two
0: like, most famous ones. I
2: can't give you any type <laughs> of
0: the youth fro
1: dilemma. Nothing. Nothing.
3: Cartesian. <laughs> no. Nope. Cartesian's an adjective. <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, Descartes. One of my favorite Cartesian. philosophical topics. I would say it's anything that I can spin. To make it sound philosophical mm. like what's the meaning of why we're here if it's neither here nor there where there. is it it's not you nor i basically just say anything and say nor in between nor and i <laughs> or why why are we here yeah. <laughs> what's the purpose of ethan's existence tacos nor burritos I, I took a
3: philosophy class it was actually very very interesting not the usual uh, community college philosophy class yeah. but One of the things I did notice was that at a certain point, if I just make my uh, discussion responses or my essays vague enough, they will pass me. It's it's almost as if at a certain point, the professor just can't read your... You can't read like how abstract and how completely (laughs) verbose you're being. And so he just checks for spelling and gives it an A. Uh. Nice.
2: Yeah. The thing with philosophy though, I Mm. I did retain this part. This is what I ran with as far as how I passed all the classes. When I could, when I finally realized that there's no actual answer to philosophy, like a lot of the questions and topics, that's where it's like ding light bulb. I literally can just talk about nothing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and come up with no conclusion and then just find like keywords to make it sound like I'm trying. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, yeah, because yeah. philosophy is so literally the father of sciences because mm-hmm. philosophy is the love of wisdom. And then once you actually figure out an answer, it becomes its own science. But mm-hmm. philosophy mm-hmm. is those questions which still haven't been answered, you yeah. know? So most of the questions which were plagued or which were plaguing philosophers um, that have been answered have become other things like physics, too. Like uh, a lot of those people we thought were physicists and uh, just scientists in general or logicians, they were philosophers, mathematicians, mathematicians. A lot of mathematicians were philosophers and a lot of philosophers have been mathematicians like Descartes. You guys have heard of Cartesian coordinates. That's the most basic graphing system we use. Uh, It's just, you know, this way is X, this way is Y, that's Cartesian coordinates and um, Descartes is known for his famous statement, I think, therefore I am. Which he didn't actually say, just for the record, he didn't actually say that, but he's the one who's uh, who's known for that philosophical proof.
2: The one thing actually, kind of side note from that, uh, which was interesting, is I had about four different professors from like SFCC, like I think two from SFCC and then two from, the, uh, two from Eastern. And uh, a lot of philosophy majors or professors are atheists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, But the interesting thing was they all had one thing that was in common, which was, this is my subjective, you know, experience with just four professors, but they all had like a religious background, whether it was Catholicism, interesting, or Christianity, or some type of, you know, major Western religion. And there was always something that had to make the question.
3: Yeah.
2: Mm. But they always, they, they all four of them came from like that. They had like the, they knew the truth and they, at one point of time, did embrace some type of. You know, it reminds
3: thought. me of a lot of the warnings which Paul gives to Timothy, talking about those people who are so obsessed with needless genealogies and those questions, not actually asking for answers. They're not yeah. those who are ever, like, ever learning, but never coming to a knowledge of the truth. That is modern philosophy exactly. in a nutshell, where those people who obviously do love learning, but they don't love the truth they don't recognize the truth when they see it yeah so yeah it's really sad i have i have friends like that too i do have a, a interesting thing so um when
0: i was doing my personality test i don't know if you came across that question or not but there was a question in there where it was like when i when i'm involved in philosophical conversations like basically do i like kind of like tune out do i just like kind of like zone out during philosophical conversations i feel like i do um, And I don't know, I, I guess it's just a thing of my personality, I don't know if it's like necessarily a negative thing, um, but it did really remind me of like one of the questions that, well, it wasn't really necessarily a question, it was more of a, a vague statement that was intending to, it, it, the intent of it was to seem more uh, like complicated and more intellectual yeah. than it actually was. I don't read it because I think it was really funny, but, Basically, the, uh, the question goes, I think a podcast about a more streamlined mind share between heaven and earth would really help us leverage the pseudo-religious and growth potential. Your initiative to get more innocuous ideas for good consensus is what we need to make a clear manifesto and suggestions to all us listeners.
2: Yeah, wow. I figured out. Who so who basi- so basically, yeah. What? Oh, my roommate asked that question. Really? Nice. Um, I guess
3: <laughs> that, that it question. was funny. I, I got a little chuckle. Get yeah, I, I read it, and I realized I'll, at the end, end that it's up. not actually a question. By the end, you realize I was reading this question just for a statement. Ah, oh, what?
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Good
3: stuff, good nice stuff. Question. Yes.
2: Enough about Ethan, more about you.
0: Let's start with something uh, physical and not metaphysical. How about that?
2: Physical.
3: <laughs> Let's get physical.
2: <laughs> what kind of food do you eat on a regular day? Christian, you want to start? <laughs>
1: Ah, that's a good question. Uh, no, ironically, that's that's racist.
2: If you guys are listening to this, don't know who Christian is uh, and aren't watching the the visual, Christian has red hair. Just if you guys didn't know.
0: Just explaining the joke. It's less funny now.
1: Um, what kind of food do I eat on a regular day? Uh, just whatever's in the fridge. I mean, I'm not gonna go searching for it. What's that? I think. I think my favorite type of food to find and eat on a regular day is leftovers. Mm. I love leftovers. If Mm. it's from a restaurant, if it's from what my mom made, it doesn't matter if it's leftovers. I love it. What about right unders? What?
2: Right unders. Oh Oh, my goodness. Do you like right Uh, unders? He's
3: just preparing for one day. He'll have (laughs) sons and daughters and he needs to have his dad jokes ready. So yeah.
2: Leftovers, right unders. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. this
0: is like that plane joke that you had last oh time God. remember no. the plane arms <laughs> We were ta- okay so kirsten i'll explain it for you so that you you know but basically uh i was talking about jet lag and he was asking if i had jet legs and plane arms
1: <laughs> i forgot <laughs>
0: really i'll never forget ethan these things are burned in my mind <laughs>
2: Oh, man. so that's terrible nice what about you so robbie what do you
3: what do you eat uh so generally, my diet consists of necessity like just whatever is there I'm not super picky um but consistently i'll I'll eat a lot of fried eggs or just cooked eggs in general I live on a farm and an egg farm, so I have a constant supply of that and I really like me some protein so. what how do you how do you like your eggs like scramble a little reezy i'm mm-hmm. um, You guys know that movie, Forest Gump? So, you know that part when Bubba's talking (laughs) about cooking shrimp and he's like, shrimp gumbo, shrimp and chips? (laughs) I am that for eggs. I know every way. Well, not every way. I can't quite devil an egg. You You know how Gordon Ramsay cooks eggs? Um, I don't know, probably better than me. <laughs> I'll, I'll I tell you,
0: I'll eggs. tell you. I started- so, so scrambling eggs, so basically what you oh, do is you this. you have a pan and, uh, you know, a nonstick pan mm-hmm. and you basically get a spatula that is uh, round enough where you can, like, basically you can mix the eggs and consistently stir it without leaving any egg on the sides of the non- nonstick pan.
1: Mm-hmm. So basically
0: what you do is you, uh, you put the eggs in there uh, before you put on the heat very clear distinction. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, you get it on the heat, like medium heat. Uh, and basically you go like 120 seconds uh, on the burner, medium heat, and then 30 seconds off. So you don't want the eggs to get too hot. Um, but you basically, you, um, you put butter in with the eggs, and then you basically just constantly stir it. So you never let it sit, but you just like constantly mm-hmm. stir it yeah uh, you, and you don't add any like seasonings like salt or pepper to it before like it's done because mm-hmm. uh, if you do add that it'll like turn gray and watery and it gets all disgusting hmm. Um but basically yeah you just like keep stirring it uh don't let it get too hot and then uh when it's kind of in like a custard consistency that's when you take it off and it's done so it's like kind of creamy um bright you know bright yellow not like
3: gray yeah. but that's like the perfect consistency and it for is like eggs. oh interesting see yes. i've gotten i've mastered the art of frying an egg with the best quality for the least effort mm. and that is olive oil because i love using butter but olive oil doesn't burn if you forget about it for a couple of minutes no, no it, it doesn't it, but butter also helps it not to burn like no but if button you button. but if you like a thing is, so you want to put the pan on you heat it up right before you throw the eggs in um and if you put the butter in then it will burn like, like, but i was would. saying i was saying don't oh, do that. oh okay well
1: am I, am I the only one who's expecting like a punchline or something after you explain that whole thing i was like no, this has no, to no. be like a joke I just, or something no. <laughs> that's like i was like blading
2: and there's like it was okay. i get it yeah but i was i was, started I was like... making going around yeah. scrambled eggs and after i did it they literally looked like cottage cheese yeah and i was like this is weird. Or they cooked all the way which they were it's they were consistency i will never make scrambled eggs
0: they're like literally perfect a
2: different way other than really it's yes China- I'll, I'll make
0: you some and then you'll be like this is actually really good
2: hey that's pretty good <laughs> which one of you is most likely to run for president i say ethan
1: yeah i would
0: say either ethan or robbie i think it's a tie in my mind
2: he, i thought i thought about this and i was like who's the group i didn't think christian was going to be here but like there's no way to really-.
0: it is a different question though between who would actually like win as president I feel like I feel like they would both run, but Ethan would win. So,
2: I actually no, used to no want, <laughs> true. I used to want to go into state, you know, poly, like a uh, kind of you know, city, you know, politics, be like a state <laughs> representative, uh, because I have a lot of I have a lot of like uh, family friends that are in politics or Spokane. Spokane, <laughs> uh, and I think it was purely just like. Uh, God's sovereign hand that completely like turned me away from that, and now I I just don't I just completely disassociated myself with politics. I still mm. am very aware of what's going on. Yeah, I voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. I'm a you know they're coming after you then. I'm a capitalist. So no, they can't. He's Asian. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, I actually can't legally become president because I wasn't born in the, U- the U.S. of A.
3: Well, that does change things. I guess it's me, then. Did,
2: wait, spirit. didn't Obama do that? <laughs>
3: <laughs> now we're going back to the conspiracy theory question. No, yeah, actually, um, I, I was going to say that I probably would be the one. Because, um, yeah, not actually because I want to, but only because I'm very argumentative and I, kind of political. Uh, and I, I've had multiple people actually tell me that I should. So I actually hmm.
2: feel like... <clears throat> I can see you working more in the background. Yeah. Like I don't think you, I don't, order. I don't think I could see you actually doing that because I don't, I don't know if you would want all of the criticism.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Let's
2: see if I can, you know,
3: apply for a job at Dominion Software and yeah, yeah. figure out what yeah. I can do. Yeah, figure it out.
2: <laughs> no, I can see you being like someone's like campaign advisor, like really. Yeah. But like, I don't know if you, would you want like the type of just like criticism that like. Donald Trump or Joe Biden's gotten. a already. Mm. You
3: know what? I don't know about criticism because got any dirt. I already. Yes, plenty. No, <laughs> <laughs> I live on a farm. No, just just kidding. Um, <laughs> I I I don't actually. I, I couldn't say what it would be like because I haven't experienced it. But in general, um, unless I have rapport with somebody, I generally don't care oh, what they true. think. So death if if d- death threats, I would actually like that because it kind of tells me, <laughs> a, <laughs> hear me out guys, it tells it me, it, people have said throughout history that you don't, you're not doing the right thing if you're not making enemies. Making ways. Yeah, so like if you're making ways, it means you're actually doing something, yeah. so I would actually be comforted
2: by, you know. Hence the inappropriate questions that have been directed towards Ethan. Yes. <laughs> Good work, Ethan. Good
0: work. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I guess this is kind of a similar question. There's a lot of alien and space questions. Uh this is definitely not the last one. So
3: mm. I actually have a really good answer. I do too. Elon Musk. Elon Musk? Well the question is if you had to elect he, one person. He's already
1: an, an alien, so he can't <laughs> yeah,
3: Right, he would be able to relate with them. I'll say he'd be like on the same wavelength. <laughs> okay. I feel so like. My first answer, it really it really depends. But like, okay, so if we want a representative to aliens, my first answer was going to be Matthew McConaughey. So my second answer after I thought it through was actually Jeff Goldblum because nobody can look at Jeff Goldblum and if he's the only representative of humanity we have, they cannot look at him and think that we are anything but a very fun-loving, peaceful, quirky bunch of dudes. Like I'm pretty sure Jeff Goldblum... They probably want to like study him.
0: Yeah. To be like, how is this level of quirkiness even possible?
2: (laughs) (laughs) My first, I, di- I didn't think of this question. I didn't ponder it at all. But after like reading it and then listening to you, my my first instinct was Adam Sandler.
3: What? Adam Sandler? Like Waterboy? Yeah. Oof! I don't One know if I could. I don't know if I can second that. Oh yeah. uh, man! Just like sure. the broiest bro. Yeah. What do you think, Christian? I I have
1: no idea. Like I couldn't. Like I just think people are so diverse like i don't know if i want to pick like and like as a i guess you would say as a believer (laughs) as a believer i want to pick like a smart theologian or someone like that Mm -hmm. but then like jesus well (laughs) he would have created them so it doesn't matter (laughs) but i yeah i don't know i i know that's kind of like a cop-out answer but like
0: yeah I, i don't know all right what do you guys think about about this movie man I, Christian, <laughs> I know you have a lot of
1: opinions, so I have, I have a few. I'm interested. What are, what are your opinions, Christian? <laughs> My opinions on the Last Jedi are <laughs> no, it's the middle of the three.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not the one
1: I thought. Of <laughs> it's being. the one that basically is universally hated by almost every single person who well, I don't ever know watched it, except it. for like it's, it's people even. who are ten years old or younger.
3: <laughs> yeah, so like. Uh, it seems to me like it's universally not hated, but it's universally divisive because there are those who like it, I think mostly for its strong statements or they call subversions of the story. But then there are those who dislike it because it's just a badly written story. Mm. So it's, it's kind of like, yes, it was subverting as in I was constantly questioning why I was there, but uh, it wasn't necessarily a well-made film. Although it was pretty pretty to look at. It was a beautiful movie. I love the cinematography.
0: Um, I don't think the film itself is totally solid i just i don't i don't like the writing there's a lot of characters that i don't like um but i would say as a creative piece of work i i like it and i like the cinematography historically
3: it is one of the worst fight scenes ever in film it's it's pretty bad if you if you
0: like slow down the 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 fight scene with the praetorian guards like it is so it's pretty bad because they're like you can see them in the background like with their spears like Mm -hmm. waiting
3: and then they, like, go in. Or just doing flippy, just continuing to flip or, like, just spin it. And at one point, there's a weapon which di- disappears because yeah. if he had had it in his hand, he would have been able to kill the main character. Whoops. Whoopsie. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's pretty sad.
1: Yeah, I, I So my thoughts are, I think it's an enjoyable film. It's a Star Wars film. Yeah. But is it, like, does it add to the wider enjoyment of the, the whole entire experience? I don't think so. Yeah. Beautifully done. But I just, yeah, I... Yeah, I think there's it it basically when they made it, they're like, you know, you know, all those things that we set up in the last movie. Yeah, let's not do most of those. And then they even did that with the next movie where it's like, you know, everything we introduced in that last one, everyone seemed to hate it. So let's ignore it and pretend we never did.
3: (laughs) And actually, that's kind of what I was. I think Mm -hmm. that's my main complaint with the film as like as a storytelling piece, as a solo film, it might be okay. And cinem- like again, when you solo. when you're talking about the cinematography, solo solo absolutely beautiful, like if really pretty. Like I mean, just look at that. That's just really pretty the way it's set up. Oh, yeah. But um, if you're talking about as it fits in with the other movies, yeah. just both That's movies in the neat. same trilogy, because. Yeah, it just it takes it takes what was set up and then it does absolutely nothing with it and it, it only actually destroys plot threads It doesn't really add new plot threads yeah. or at least good quality ones. It, it yeah. doesn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> unless you're talking about Rose. That was a uh, well, a Plot thread. It was certainly a plot thread, but anyway know, I'm not thumbs actually <laughs> Yes, yeah, down. I was not a big Star Wars fan <laughs> um at all growing up. Actually, I just loved the lightsaber fights. I was a huge fan of lightsaber fights. Lightsabers are tight. I think they're super cool. I love sword fights. I think that's awesome. But uh, I wasn't a huge fan of Star Wars specifically. And then the way people reacted about this movie was when I realized that, you know what, I don't care too much about this intellectual property, but it must be protected. Somebody has to do it. You know, like somebody stands up for that guy. Polar
2: Express.
3: Yeah, so
0: so this this video I love the this video is pulled from a YouTube channel that I think is really awesome. They basically it's called the Beauty of, and they basically take movies and they like extract the really cool like cinematography bits and mm-hmm. put it into a video. And uh, yeah, it's just it's cool to look at like you know the visual storytelling medium
3: in just the cinematography aspect. Yeah, and that's
0: how I appreciate Lost Jedi.
3: I really wish that uh, they could have had JJ Abrams do the writing and then have Ryan Johnson do the I actual directing. J. J. I don't think JJ Abrams does a good writing. If he, and well, you you can does. look at his other films and you can
0: kind of see that there are a lot of flaws with the way that he writes. His mystery, his quote-unquote mystery boxes, he yeah. he likes to withhold a lot of information because he thinks that's a good plot
3: element, but it isn't. Mm-hmm. And it really detracts from his movies. I don't claim that he's a great writer, but I do think that he is not a good director. So I,
0: I would disagree. Him. I, think, I right. think he's a good director in terms of personality. Um, a lot of times when you look at directors, you know, you have to have like two like extreme opposites. You have like Stanley Kubrick, who's like, he, he makes really good movies, but he's just like a terrible mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. and is super demanding of actors and not empathetic at all and then you have people on the other side like JJ Abrams where like he is like the nicest guy mm-hmm. on set, you know, takes feedback from everyone, mm-hmm. is just like totally awesome, but then like the movies that he makes
3: are kind of like meh. Yeah. So I'd rather be the Stanley Kubrick, although I don't want to be <laughs> super cruel. Yeah. I think uh, Christopher Nolan. though. We're talking about directors. Yeah. I think he strikes a good balance. He could have fixed last year and I. We, I. want the Nolan cut. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's not fair. That was on Zimmer. That was on Zimmer. <laughs> it's all of his movies though. In this like, uh, video
0: I can't hear anything. What are they saying? <laughs> <clears throat> um,
3: I'm trying to think of one that doesn't. No, no, it's actually just Inception. But if you're talking about like right after, right after Inception. Inception everybody liked using the horns yes. because Hans Zimmer kind of coined it and everybody's like, that worked. Yeah. yeah.